This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Connecting to the big show. In I asked him, why were you crying? He said, for you, for you. He has the biggest heart. This is a good day, but they come immediately two hours to get from Douglas to Blackpool. Because you walk past Street, you'll people in doorways, and they're shouting at you. Fight with each other over the tree. Join the conversation. Call 083-396-9696. Extra WhatsApp, 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with P.J. Coogan. Punch 96 FM. Yeah, yeah. Bambi Thugs actually after getting a very good draw. I was looking at it this morning in a bit of detail. That's a very, very nice semi-final draw for a Bambi Thug. I'll give you more details on it as we go through uh, the morning. First semi-final of Eurovision 2024 will be on the 7th of May in uh, Malmo. But we have far bigger stories on our hands this morning. I'll tell you one thing. The GAA, <laughs> they've become very good at sneaking stuff out in, in the dead of night or, or when none of us are looking. In fairness to Owen English, if it wasn't for Owen and the examiner a couple of weeks ago, we'd never have known about this whole idea to go with a Super Value Park in the first place. And so that then got well and truly kicked to touch and you'll remember the reaction here to that idea Super Value Park up with this people just simply would not put and I spoke to Donald O'Keeve grandson of Padraig O'Keeve and over the course of a couple of conversations he, first of all he told us that the family knew nothing about what was being planned and that was just not on not good enough GAA not good enough Musgraves, but that's a, a by the by now. He said, after a couple of conversations, that look, if we can settle on something like Super Value Parky Cueve, then he recognises the commercial reality of the situation, as would have his late great grandfather. So, press release comes in from Cork GAA overnight to say that Parky Cueve will now be renamed Super Value Parky Cueve. It's a 10-year partnership with SuperValue, part of the Musgrave Group. 222 stores up and down the country. Already they sponsor the Senior Football Championship. They sponsor the Cork Senior Ladies Football Team. They sponsor clubs all over the country. The park, of course, first opened in 1904 as the Cork Athletic Grounds and was renamed as Parky Cueve in 1976. Overnight, Kevin O'Donovan, who's the gaffer at Cork GAA these days, uh, was just welcoming uh, the agreement that they have 
finally released. We're really excited about this new partnership with SuperValue. It's both our organizations are very much aligned as community-based organizations. We feel there's shared values on both sides. And after a lengthy process with lots of debate, all of which we listen to, we're really delighted we've reached a deal now. Okay, that was the, Kevin just confirming that the deal was in place. And then he was subsequently asked, what would it actually mean? Our primary focus will always be on games, on our players, on our teams, on our clubs on our schools but what this support does is that it brings commercial revenue into the business it keeps the stadium debt at arm's length from the clubs and it allows us to focus our attentions on our games which remains our primary focus now this will go before a special meeting of club delegates i think it's tomorrow night thursday finbar mccarthy Cork's 96 fm's gaa correspondent joins me and finbar as you told us in a previous conversation you're also a delegate for your own club the development overnight was it expected in the end good morning i think it's scary as you said there in your entropy you kind of caught everyone by surprise certainly caught me by surprise but i don't um, i just saw the, the email arrive at seven o'clock this morning so obviously it's something that's been ironically i was interviewing pat ryan the cork manager last night and I passed on by Park, even though they had a lot of activity upstairs in the meeting room. So obviously it was ongoing, and I think everyone would be glad, even though it is a bit of a surprise that it was completed so soon after the last meeting, they'd be glad it's put to bed, and I think the name will, will satisfy most people. I think it literally broke this morning as people were beginning yeah. to receive those emails. Yeah, around 7 o'clock, well, your, your phone call woke me. <laughs> so, um, as I said, I just looked at the email there from the from Kevin and the county board and it, it was time to come out at 7 o'clock this morning. So, you know, it, this is the way the way the world now, PJ. Mm. Once you have news, you get out there as quickly as you can. It has to be voted on and it has to go through this delegate meeting. Can you imagine it'll be supported? Oh, I think so. Particularly the fact that the that Parky Keeve has retained the title um, of of the new branding, because the the last meeting that was the general consensus without divulging anything. Yeah, I spoke to going into the meeting and after the meeting, that was the general consensus that they wanted the name Parky Keeve retained. It should be stressed, PJ. Everyone is conscious of the financial implications. As I said, should last time I consulted with my club. Before I, if there was to be a vote, I consulted with my club before I went down to that meeting, and it, the general, their view, the club's view was no issue with naming rights provided Parky Key was retained because the board does need money, and the deal was a three hundred thousand. Like the details of it, I think will satisfy everyone. Yeah. That's that's the impression I got from the last speaking to delegates and speaking to other people subsequently since that the name Parky Key should be retained. There was no financial. A detail put on the table this morning, although what we were previously looking at, we were given to understand, wasn't it, as 300,000, 250,000 to 300,000 a year. And this is a 10-year agreement. That's longer, I think, than what was on the table. Yeah, I think that the initial agreement was a three-year period. And I think uh, it was for 10-year, it, it, it would appear to be a very good deal. Whether the board will give out the exact details, financial details, they're very sensitive about some of these matters, and probably rightly so the commercial, the the people that they're involved with would, would, 
would be commercial, would be sensible about divulging all their details. So we'll we'll have to wait and see tomorrow night. But I presume there there will be another statement issued. But I don't see it be, being an issue tomorrow night, please. No. Okay, you can see it going through. Finbar McCarthy, thank you very much. No doubt covering that now for the rest of the day. Cork's ninety six event, GAA correspondent Finbar McCarthy, and also a delegate at the county board for his own club. If you missed it, it only broke just before seven o'clock this morning. Super value. Parky Cueve will be the new name of Parky Cueve once it goes through a county board delegates meeting tomorrow night agreed for a 10 year deal no figures on the table but if you're to go by what was on the table before 250 to 300,000 per year that would be a nice handy chunk of change over 10 years for the GAA You'll remember Donal O'Queeve, the grandson of Padraig O'Queeve, had said to me over the course of a number of conversations that, yeah, look, I think I'd be okay with that. I think we'd be okay with that as long as it was super value, Parky O'Queeve. And I think any of us who had gone and not been overly familiar with the work and the legacy of Padraig O'Queeve, anyone who'd gone and read a little bit about the man in the weeks since this story broke would have been absolutely solid in belief, as I personally was within an hour of the story. I remember the the morning it broke. I said, ah, oh, well, what's that all about? What's the problem there? Then I read the man's history and I thought, no, 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 no. You cannot take his name off that park. Uh, Councillor Kenneth Collins uh, is the treasurer of Vincent's Hurling and Football Club. Uh, Kenneth, will this go through, do you think? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. I suppose, again, it's disappointing to hear the way it was broke. Again, that the clubs, the grassroots, the members of the organisation, Cork, didn't get officially notified before the media. Before I think media delegates were up. emailed, Ken, in the early hours, yeah. Uh, the early hours, PJ, come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's poor practice out of the GA. Look, I'd say we'll go through. Our, our delegates are mandated to keep status quo. That Patrick O'Keefe's name will be kept and just Patrick O'Keefe. Um, I don't think that will pass now, to what I'm, what I'm hearing around. Um, it's just, you know, the Cork County Board need to look at other ways of bringing income into the stadium. Um, going back on Ed Sheeran, they brought in a rental income probably over 1.2 million last year. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if they... The Wolf Tones are, in a, are, are announced to play in the stadium shortly and that stadium is too... Too, way too small for those tones, uh, the way their popularity are going. I think they would fill Parky Cueve, and maybe the county board should look at it, um, you know, put, bringing in yeah. concerts, you so, know, over the sorry, summer period. Like, did I miss something? Are you suggesting this won't go through? I, I think it will go through. I right, think okay. It will go through. Would you yeah, personally yeah. vote for it? Uh, no. You know, I, I, I think, you know... We should keep the man's name and the man's legacy. I know it's so the man's name is being kept. Yeah, but it, look for I'm some nineteen seventy six. I think it was built and it was named in nineteen seventy six. And you know, I just think uh, super value. Will it be called super value? <laughs> I suppose it is FBD Simple Stadium. Nobody calls. It oh FBD no, FBD and, and this Stadium. I think we kind of know this before it even happens, Kenneth. That. Yes, you're right about Semple Stadium. No, I, nobody calls it FBD Semple Stadium. Mm-hmm. Nobody uses the, the brand name for Nolan Park either. You know, mm-hmm. and and the one I think the only one you he, hear about regularly is Kingspan Breffney Park. That's about the only brand name you read. This brand won't won't really be used. But in terms of the fact that you personally wouldn't vote for it, I might have thought myself. Well, look, if it's good enough for the grandson of the great man himself, mm-hmm. it would be good enough. 
for Kenneth Collins of Vincent's Hurling and Football Club. I suppose, look, I suppose democracy and everybody has their say and everybody has a way of voting. We did that the other night and um, that's the way it came out of our club that, you know, we want to keep solely Parky Cueve. Um, oh, so Vincent's will vote against it? Yeah, yeah, that's what they're being mandated to do. So Vincent's, um, you're all, okay, so Vincent's, Vincent's Hurling and Football Club, the delegates of Vincent's at the meeting tomorrow night will vote against this? Yes, that's right, yeah. Okay. I don't. I, yeah, look, that's that's the that's the feeling of the club, and that's the feeling. And, and was members. that just, was that decided? And look, you're the treasurer, so you read all the meetings. Was that decided as a specific as a specific meeting for that purpose, Kenneth? The exec, the executive, of which uh, you'll be a member. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But look again, the, the county board need to go down the route of looking at other ways of bringing in income. The rebel bounty draw. There's, you know, again. That goes towards the running of of the the, the hurling and football of the Cork teams, but like the stadium could be used for concerts down there, um, and and bring in income over the next ten years that way. Also to reduce the build down, it's, it's shocking. Uh, look, it, there was government grant aid given. There was taxpayers' money put into that stadium, thirty odd million euro. Mm. Um, so you know, again, would I, you use I, there's, I, a, there's a sold out rugby match on Saturday. Would you use it for more rugby games? Well, again... <laughs> You're struggling with that one, aren't you, fella? Yeah, I'm struggling with that one. But look, again, but what did happen... Why are you then? struggling with that one? I, I would be the wolf tones are okay, but the rugby mightn't be. Well, no, one <laughs> second. No, there was Rule 42. We debated this. Yeah, remember and we got over ourselves. Of, we used we a did, brilliant, world-class stadium for the Liam Miller match, for example. And the last and rugby accept- match there was brilliant. I accepted all of this, and once once democracy happens, democracy happens. You have to get on and go go ahead with it. But the way this was done, I believe each member of clubs or organisations within the club structure should have in a debate, and then instead of it being pushed through, like for instance, the media are not allowed to go to the the, the county board meetings anymore. Do you think that's think? connected with this, Kenneth? I I have a feeling yes, because. You know, why all of a sudden the, med- the media was stopped um, access going to the Cogcoon board meetings, and then this came through. You know, mm. I just think it's very, you know, very suspicious. You know, the media should be left back into the, the meetings because you know, the Cork County Board notes on the examiner the following day. And people like, you know, that are involved in the organisation, or they're like, like to read the exam or like to see what's going on and again with the cashless organisation with the, the with Cork County Board there's members of the organisation you know elderly people and I said that don't have the cashless system in yeah place. well that's, like that's, that's, that's a matter account. that I think a lot of people have wanted to discuss that over the last while people are not not happy with that but just I want to move to other people Kenneth get other voices into this so you as Treasurer of Vincent's are telling me that Vincent's will vote against this tomorrow night. That's correct, yes. All right, thank you very much, Councillor Kenneth Collins. That's a major club voting against. If there's anybody listening from Nemo, and of course, Padraig O'Keeve, very much involved in the early days of the great uh, Nemo Rangers. If there's anybody listening from Nemo, who could tell us how Nemo might vote here? I'd be fascinated to find out. Gavin, we talked before about this. Morning. Good morning, PJ. How's the far? Not too bad, sir. Super value Parky Cueve looks inevitable now. Happy? As long as the funds are going into the teams, I don't have a problem with it, to be honest. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, we live at a, in a time, there's a high, there's a high cost of living crisis on there now at the moment. All we're short, there's a talking tax or a laughing levy, you know. <laughs> there's, there's prices, there's costs of, for everything nowadays. And inflation's gone through the roof. Like, the GA, as big as an organisation as it is, like, it's not immune to these, this uh, cost of living crisis either. Yeah. And as long as, as long as the money is going into the teams, I don't have an issue with it. You, you like, mean, I mean into the local teams now or the county teams? It, it, into the county teams. So, I mean, like, we're all very pro-GA people in Cork. We pride ourselves at being at the top of the pedestal. We're very proud of Teddy Mac, though, and the, the double. We, we'd love to replicate it again down the road if we were ever lucky enough to do so. But in order to be at the top of the pedestal, PJ, you have to, we live in a time where you have to put your resources into the teams. You have to put money into strength and conditioning, dietary, the, the equipment, physiotherapy, recovery, all that kind of stuff. Even over the weekend, I'm, I'm not too sure, maybe so, so one, of the, one of the other listeners might elaborate on this, but Cork, Cork lost well to Donegal there Sunday. Mm-hmm. Did Disappointing. They, did, they get a, did they have a six-hour bu- bus journey or did they stay up the night before? You know, like... Don't know if, that. Had, had they had extra funding, maybe they would have been able to stay up the night before, like other outfits, like in rugby and soccer. Do you know that kind of way? So these are, these are quite the same with the camogie, the ladies' football, the, mm. the footballers. They have a lot of fixtures up the country. Are they are they commuting long hours, yeah. and then as a result, it's impacting on their performance. Gavin, Gavin, uh, Kevin, who was on it there, Kevin or Kenneth Collins rather, who was on it with there beforehand from Vincent's just before yourself, he texted us there while you were talking to say money will go to paying off the debts, not towards any welfare or development of players. That's his take on it, anyway. Yeah. Well, if if that like the as the money. Even if it's going towards the debt, if it can be just utilised, if they can get funding from somewhere else, like rather than say... Oh, you mean put that towards the debt and save money and then for stuff to spend on players and things like that, yeah? Well, I, well, I suppose it's it's additional income that they didn't have last year. Yeah. So rather than all of the... G- let's say they had a budget where 70% of their income prior to this agreement was going to go towards the debt. Maybe no, I don't know, maybe 55% of their income will go towards the debt. Understood. And that other 15 will be subsidised by the, the super value agreement, you know? Understood. But, but I, I think I said this to you before, uh, PJ, as well. Like, if you're going for a walk there, you go over the Shaky Bridge. Most people in Cork know it as the Shaky Bridge. Who calls it Daly's Bridge? True. Very true. Like, like it will forevermore be known as as a Parky Cueve. Yeah. Like, like for the sake for the sake of it to to get extra money in for the the GA, I the Cork GA, I don't have a problem with it. I I know you were saying there, Kenny Collins said the money is earmarked to go towards the debt. Mm-hmm. But if it fast tracks clearing the debt. That means that there'll be more money streamed into the into the. You're the doing going. you're doing the maths in your head, Gavin, and you're saying if the money coming in from this is going towards the debt, it frees up other funds to support player development and team management. Correct. Well, that's that's what I would take from it anyway, because one thing 
One thing, Dave, the GA are good at is putting money back into grassroots. Yeah. Which, 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 was, which was the legacy of Padraig O'Keeve. He was the man who laid out how important that was. And you know what, when, when, when he was around, there was no green party either. He didn't have to deal with half the energy. He didn't have to deal with energy bills or uh, <laughs> all these CO2 charges and what have you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, I know, Gavin. Trust he, you, boy. Fair play to you. <laughs> he had a lovely fire, a smoky coal there in the fireplace and all that. But, uh, oh, good man yourself. Gavin, uh, super. Now, Gavin is a sports fan across many different codes, but particularly the GAA. Thank you, Gavin. Gavin's okay with it. So, it looks inevitable. It is inevitable now. Kate, you think... Common sense? I, um, I don't think they would have been in that situation if they had let other things be you, you, other things be held in Parky Creep all along. Yeah. I yeah. think they were just such sticking the muds over it that they, oh no, we can't have it open for this or that and the other. They'd have had loads of money cleared off if they'd let things in there, you know? Yeah. Other stadiums do that and I cannot understand it. And I agree with them, uh, Mr. Collins, completely about having it open to raise more money. Yeah, but and, did you see uh, how much he struggled with the idea of more rugby and more soccer? Oh, listen, he nearly choked. <laughs> uh, he nearly choked. I thought he was going to get sick at the idea. But no, 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 you have to open it up. If you want to clear a deck like that, you have to. You do. And I mean, it's packed because I've been down there myself. I was down with the rugby. My God, it was jammed. And it's just great to see it open because you pass it and there's nothing going on there. And you're going, would they not have something on there, you know? It's gorgeous. One wonderful, world-class stadium and nothing happening for week after week after week. And so near so near the town to walk down, you know, to go from Cork City down, you can walk down the marina to it. Yeah. It's so close. Yeah. You think it will be super value Parky Cueve, though, do you, Kate? Yeah. I do. I think it's going to be that, but nobody's going to call it a super value. They're going to call uh, it Parky Cueve so anyway. They're, they're, still, they're still, thanks, Kate. They're still calling it the park, like. I mean, it was the Cork Athletics ground when it opened in 1904, and then the name changed to Parky Cueve in 76, which, lads, is 48 years ago. We're nearly coming up on 50 years of Parky Cueve. But I know people, like my, my dad's generation got be good to him, and people who went to matches with my dad never called it Parky Cueve in their lives. It was always the park. The park. That's all they ever called it. Oh wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Councillor McNugent says my instinct all the time would have been to retain the name Parky Cueve, but I welcome that the initial proposal to drop reference to O'Cueve has been rescinded. I think most people, including family members, will live with Supervalue Parky Cueve, or I think it should be Parky Cueve Supervalue even, which would be better Irish. <laughs> in fairness to Musgraves and Supervalue, they're a good Cork company and support a lot of sports clubs. Even in my own area, in the northwest of Cork City. Mary comes back and what Gavin was asking about the footballers last weekend who were unlucky in Donegal. Uh, they went to Donegal on Saturday and stayed there overnight before the match. Thank you for that, Mary. Noel again in Castle Marta says it should be Parky Cueve Super Value. Well, it will be Super Value Parky Cueve. I wondered, you know, will there be a Super Value? Because I tell you this one, lads, it would be nice for the Grobernes Stadium. This is just this is just me throwing this in. Be great for grub in the stadium at a match or a concert because have you seen the delis in some of the super values around the city and county, particularly the big one, the big ones. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. We have 
uh, sent a message to Donald O'Keeve this morning to get his take on this. If we hear back, we'll certainly let you know if he issues any statement. We'll certainly let you know. But the last time he was on uh, the opinion line, I was looking for the recording this morning, couldn't find it offhand. Thing happened so quickly um, that he did say that, okay, they just have to get over what the hurt of the family not having been told. I, I, I still can't get over that, by the way. I think it was an awful thing to do, not tell the family you were planning this. But even with that, he said, look, we could live with Super Value Parky Cueve, provided the great legacy of Prodigal Cueve was maintained in the title. And that seems to be where we're going with it now. I would love, though, to hear, I fully and openly confess I knew little or nothing about Patrick O'Keeve until this story broke. I knew he was a big GAA figure, but other than that, I didn't know a whole pile. And when I went read, read into the man's legacy, the idea, very idea of taking his name off it is just utterly ridiculous. So that will be kept. But I'd love to know if there's anybody listening from Nemo, and people know I have connections there, but if there's anybody listening from Nemo who could maybe... Tell us how Nemo might vote tomorrow night. I know I'm being sneaky here, but to be nice to know. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool for sofas, beds, kitchen, dining, and mattresses. Over forty five years in business. The Furniture Centre. Ie. Cork's ninety six FM. Hi there, Trying Tuberty here. Be part of my new adventure this Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Cork's 96FM. I'd have something for everyone with a mixture of conversation, laughter and great music. Talk to you this Sunday from 10am. The Ryan Tuberty Show on Sunday in association with High and I. For every kind of driver, there's a High and I. Find yours at highandi.ie. Cork's 96FM. We can return to the Parky Cueve story later in the morning if you wish to do so, if you have any particular take on it. I, I do still have to laugh though when I hear Ken Collins nearly swallowing his tongue at the prospect of more rugby even though they need more income and they need more money and they need to use the stadium more. He'd love to have the wolf tones in there but the prospect of more rugby sticks in his craw a little bit. Let alone the fact that rugby is sold out on Saturday night but that's a by the way. 0818 96 96 96 to other far more serious matters. We get dozens of emails every day and any of them are people sharing intimate things with us. Some of them make the show, some of them don't. Some of them don't even want to make the show, they just want to talk to somebody. So we got this one from someone who asks us to withhold their name uh, for safety purposes. So they don't want to give their name out on air for their own safety. Hi, PJ and team. I'm writing this very hard email. I was reluctant to send it because to say this out loud is terrifying. I am a mum with four children. I have suffered coercive and psychological control at the hands of my ex. Stupidly, I went back for the kids. My mental health, lack of income, my appearance, my studies, even my leaving certificate results have been used to knock me down, and he continues to do so. I wrote the piece, which is attached, I'll read in a minute, to try to make sense of the situation, 
and to try to make others aware of how the abuser can manipulate you. If I can stop just one person returning to the toxic situation I did, or at least make them doubt that decision, I will see this as a win. I also want people to be aware of how hard it is to leave a situation like this. And again, please withhold my name for safety purposes. So this is called Street Angel. I wish he had hit me. Visible bruises shown to the world. Feeling like I deserved support rather than his treatment of my soul. I wish he had burnt me. The smoking rings showing the hurt he'd inflicted. Wishing he had kicked me onto the ground rather than the quietly insidious, broken, trapped, scary isolation. His words tattooed on my brain. No physical touch although he will walk through me, jabbing my shoulders as if I don't exist. The control, the comments etched into my innermost being in indelible ink, never to be erased, making me want to discard my life, my treasured creations, my children, and my dreams of reaching for the stars. I left, but he hooked me back in. Now regret grips my neck like a vice. I'm suffocating. I'm broken. I'm subject to the latest tirade of torture now because yesterday a teacher in my daughter's school complimented my hair in his presence. He has expressed his wish for me to be dead, but there'll be no blood on his hands. His words will achieve this if I stay. For me to be non-existent, living life this way. He's the well-respected man. The church musician, the non-drinker, non-smoker, Mr. Perfect, the martyr. Beware the street angel. The horns hidden beneath his golden halo will display the true nature of his being. That's a piece called Street Angel. Sent into us with that, um, with that email. Uh, That, that, that hits you kind of like a bus, don't it? Deborah Flynn is the coordinator of Cork's One Stop Shop, which is dedicated to providing a non-judgmental support service to all adult victims of domestic abuse in Cork City and counting. Deborah, those are words almost impossible to hear. Good morning. Good morning, PJ, and thank you for inviting me on to your program this morning. And I'd just like to, first of all, acknowledge that lady and what a creative soul she actually is, because that's a very beautifully written piece. I totally respect her decision to withhold her name, and that is actually a wise thing for her to do because she's trying to create safety for herself. But I think what she has written there will resonate with a lot of your callers this morning. And I think one of the things that shouts out at this is um, the fact that she hasn't actually experienced physical abuse, that what is going on for her is manipulation, emotional manipulation and psychological control. And they really are the defining elements of what we now refer to as coercive control. I remember an ad years ago that the catch lane, the catchphrase, Deborah, was you don't need a bruise to be abused. I think this is an indication of exactly that. 
Absolutely. That was associated with um, a sister organization of ours, Manol Fassa, in the north side of the city there. That was one of their, their logos on their posters. And um, it is designed to reflect the fact that um, the vast majority of our clients do not experience physical abuse, or if they have, it's a feature of the relationship that may have passed. And it's the threat. That's where the control lies and the power is in the threat of something being done to you. And the nature of coercive control in that is also uh, a reflection of the fact that these are not once-off incidents. These are ongoing patterns that are designed, as somebody explained to me recently, actually, to reduce the size of that person's world, to take away their power in order to bolster the perpetrators. Mm, To make them feel less, smaller, Absolutely. Absolutely. It's an attack on a person's self-esteem. And the aim of the perpetrator is to create dependence on their victim, on themselves. So a person is robbed of choice, of the ability to make decisions. And that really reduces a person's capacity and creates huge dependence on the person that they would have trusted the most. Mm. And this particular lady is referring to a spouse or a partner. But we also, I, I'd like to get across a message that this is spreading beyond those traditional type um, relationships. Um, almost all of my colleagues are reporting increases in abuse between um, uh, siblings, parent and child, child to parent, in particular, teenage and adult uh, children abusing older parents. And we've noticed a big increase in this since um, since COVID really, PJ. There's been massive societal and community changes as people move back mm. home. There's cramped arrangements. The housing situation is impacting and all of that and people's inability mm. to yeah. move back out. I, I could throw you out and if I wanted yeah. to, but I won't kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a fear factor of where people are going. Choices have been reduced somewhat as well. And I see this lady, she refers to the fact that she had left, but he he manipulated her back into the relationship. And a lot of people do that. They give people second chances, third chances, fourth chances, because they're in the hope. They're constantly living in the hope that the the, the minute good times will reemerge, that that's the real person, that that's the real relationship. They're holding on to a dream and that's the cycle again reflected in what coercive control is about and the legislation and all of that. It's that ever decreasing circle and it's kind of, some people describe it as being like in a washing machine that the spin cycle has been turned on. Um, Other people refer to it as the kind of the woody woodpecker effect where there's a slow chipping away of a person's self-esteem and their confidence. And That eventually they'll just break and and do exactly what Yeah. What, what, what's wanted. Absolutely. There's, there's yeah. two elements of this that stand out for me, Deborah, just as a reader, and as you can appreciate, mm-hmm. I, I've read it now a dozen times, um, mm-hmm. and actually mm-hmm. it's very rarely I would do it, but I, I rehearsed reading it on air because I knew I had to get it right. Um, the idea that somebody would compliment this person, just compliment mm-hmm. them that your hair's nice, and yeah. that would bring abuse. Yeah. But yeah. the yeah. other element Absolutely. of it, yeah. and, and this is not the first time I've seen this, that this individual is the well-respected church musician, the non-drinker, non-smoker, Mr. Perfect, Mm -hmm. the martyr, the pillar of society. That's more common than we'd like to think. 
indeed. It's that Jekyll and Hyde situation and, and hence the name of, of her her piece here, Street Angel and House Devil. And it's very important that we don't judge somebody else's relationship because we do not have any idea of what is happening for somebody behind closed doors. And what he has uh, done here is he has cultivated um, a public persona which kind of protects him. So if this lady was to reach out for support, she is going to doubt that she's going to be believed because this person is well known in her locality, in her community. And people are going to have their own perceptions about Mm -hmm. him because he has actively cultivated that. And that makes it much more difficult for her to take those first steps because she doesn't believe that she's going to be believed. And he'll also have planted those seeds of doubt in her mind as well. And everybody else loves him. So she must be mad. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The number this this story is so familiar to me and to my colleagues in the office. We see this on a daily basis. This lady is not alone. There are many, many other people with very similar stories. There will be something that is particular to her situation. No two scenarios are exactly the same. But what I describe to people is like there's common denominators, there's common themes that a perpetrator will use. So we'll say if this was 10 or 15 years ago, I would be saying they're using these particular set of tools. We we move on to today and we can see the massive increase in the use of social media. So a lady like this, she's quite likely to be monitored in terms of her movement, carrying her phone with her, he's going to know where she's been and so on and so forth. So we have to keep abreast of developments ourselves as well. But absolutely, there's this dichotomy in in this man um, between how he's presenting himself to his neighbours, to his church community and how he's actually behaving at home. So I would really encourage this lady, even though she's been wise in keeping her details private, I would really really encourage her to reach out to one of the support services that are there because we are specifically trained not to judge. We present what we call the tabula rasa, the blank slate. We believe what people say to us and we don't make a judgment on that. Mm -hmm. And we explore the options that are available, but everything is taken at the client's pace. The important thing is to re-empower because she has been disempowered in this situation. So we present the choices but she makes the decisions. But we help to rebuild self-esteem. If there's one thing I say through any interview I give, it's information. A person must source their own information because without information, you can't make informed decisions. And she will have been deliberately given false information by this man. Like you are not going to believe, you are not entitled to, this is my house and so on and so forth. We often say if we have a euro for every time we hear these repeated stories, I wouldn't be working in the OSS anymore. I'd have moved on to sunnier clients because it's almost as though there's a manual out there or a script that these people are following but they will use information that is pertinent to the person that they're hurting um, to kind of maximize the effect of all of that so sometimes and in fact not sometimes many many times people because they think they're in a trusting relationship will have shared private information with that other individual that they then will will manipulate so I see she refers to her leaving search results and things like that and he uses that people will say you're stupid there's no point 
continue doing that course because you won't be able for it yeah. and then you'll fail and then how and, and in, in the early part of a relationship when everything is hunky dory these are the things you share as you get to know one another and, and then Absolutely. they're weaponized against you in later life Deborah yeah time is a little bit short can I ask you there if, if people listening to this if it resonates with them either with them or if they're thinking mm-hmm. about a family member or a friend mm-hmm. or a loved one are there mm-hmm. red flags that we the uninitiated can look out for well, one of the things you've just mentioned there is about the early part of the relationship and information being shared. Inevitably, when people come into us and they're reflecting, they will say, I was doing all of the sharing. I wasn't getting any of the information back. Okay. Um, so there's an imbalance there straight away. And then um, to be very careful about somebody offering to do things for you and, and giving you invitations, but then saying deliberately clashing with other things. So you start to become isolated. You accept the invitation to go on the date with them, knowing that an actual fact you have a standing arrangement with somebody else. So they're trying to get you to choose them over other people. These are all sweet in and of themselves, but one becomes repeated patterns when um, you hear your new partner talking disrespectfully about your family members or your friends or they don't like me and so on and so forth. They are not good indicators. So you hear him talking disrespectfully about his own family members. And friends. So she wants to go, for there example, flags as well. She wants to go, for example, to watch her little brother or her cousin playing a, yeah. an important match and Football he match. says, ah, I want yeah. us to go out. Come on, come out. You can see a match anytime. Yeah. That's the start yeah. of it. Yeah. That's the kind of start of it. Some people would have put that those kind of petty jealousies down to, um, oh, he or she really likes me. Okay. But again, PJ, if I could get across, it's about the pattern. Those things can happen. You've planned on going somewhere else and you're surprised with the ticket to the cinema. All well and good. Once off. But if this is happening on a consistent basis where you're being put placed into a forced choice situation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, and w- where the other party is constantly denigrating the other people in your circle that they will consider to be influencers on you or to uh, be dissuading you again towards them. They are red flags. When you see yourself losing contact with your nearest and dearest, if you feel there's tensions and atmospheres and you find yourself covering up for that person constantly, or he didn't mean to slam down the cup there, or, you know, he's had a terrible time at work, hence um, the mood when you came in the door. So you start co facilitating the relationship yourself as well. And you're manipulated into doing that as well. Exactly. I'm going to wrap it there, Deborah. Keep an eye on your finances. That's another big one over the last few years, especially with older adults and and adult children getting a hold of their pins and things like this and and online banking. Yeah. I'm going to wrap it there for no reason other than time and give out, if I may, your website. It's ossscork.com and that's a starting point for anybody. That's it. And And the free phone number, PJ. 1-800-497-497 1-800-497-497 and perhaps That's make it. that call from a phone they don't know about or look up that website on a computer they don't have access to, correct? If you can. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And shut down, get rid of your history if you're doing any kind of search. Our free phone number doesn't show up on any bills so there's no problem there. All right, okay. Deborah, thank you. That is... Uh, uh, 
Deborah O'Flynn, who is the coordinator of Cork's OSS. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurniturecentre.ie Cork's 96 FM. They can call me. Wayne Hilton. Wayne Hilton. The weekend. On Cork's 96 FM. Join me Saturday mornings from 10. I've got four hours of the best music mix. Check out the Cork Weekend Survey. Have a go at the Wayne Teaser question. There's the latest celebrity goss. A look at what's happening around town. And we'll keep you up to date with all your essential Cork news. Wayne Hilton. Saturdays, 10 a.m. With Newmarket Motors for the Volkswagen ID Buzz. Fully electric, fully connected, and full of new ideas. NewmarketVolkswagen.ie. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, that website is OS. OSSCork.com OSSCork.com and the free phone is 1-800-497-497 the recommendation from Deborah would be uh, try to use a phone that the other person doesn't have access to clear your history if you're using a computer uh, that they might have access to 0818969696 actually coming back from that to Bambi Thug there's a story in the sun this morning Ken Sweeney their showbiz editor has a story about Bambi Thug which is upsetting very upsetting they reveal that a year ago last May they were raped um, it happened just before the debut performance at the Download Festival which was a huge moment in Bambi's career and told the paper it stole the experience from me and uh, I did the gig completely disassociated, masking don't remember a second of it that's a disturbing story it was terrible but I won't let it stop me, in fact it only makes me stronger what's sad about it is the number of people who've reached out with something similar, Bambi revealed this on social media in the last day or two and says I am not trauma I am not what I endured. I am a powerhouse of mystic energy, talent, spirit, love, and the strongest person I know. I will consider continue to push down doors, back myself, build boundaries, and lead with love. That story in today's Irish Sun. And coming back to the semi-finals, which are on the 7th of May and the 9th of May. The Eurovision is the 11th of May. Eurovision itself is the 11th of May. Bambi drawn yesterday in the first semi-final where there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 13, 14, 15 countries vying for 10 places in the final. Uh, Bambi will perform Doomsday Blue 7th on the running order on May the 7th. Uh, on that list of other countries taking part in that first semi-final, there are four previous winners. Ukraine are there. They've won it three times. Um, in the last 20 years, 2022, 2016, and 2004. Portugal won it in 2017. Azerbaijan won it in 2011. And Finland, Hard Rock Hallelujah, Lordy, won it in 2006. They're the previous winners on that list with Bambi on the 7th of May. Also in that list, Australia, Luxembourg, Finland, Iceland, Slovenia, Croatia, Lithuania... Serbia, Poland, Cyprus. The the second semi-final I would consider a far harder one to call. For example, in the second semi-final, 
you'd have been dealing with Switzerland, Denmark, Israel, the Netherlands, Norway, San Marino, who never win anyway, and Belgium. So I think the second semi-final would have been a much harder one, even though I think that of that first semi-final on the 7th of May, there are 10 spots in the final and there's 15 on the running order. I think I, I could end up eating my hat here on the 8th of May, but I don't think I will somehow. I think we're a slam dunk. I think Bambi is a slam dunk to get out of that final. A lot will tell, of course. A lot will tell when we see some of the acts from other countries on that list. But seventh on the running order, that's nice and handy. You've had a chance as a viewer to bed in, to watch some of the first few shows, maybe make a cup of tea in the commercial break or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Seventh of May. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurniturecentre.ie Corks 96 FM The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. Donald says Cork County Board are some shower. <laughs> Why couldn't they have done this? from the very start and there wouldn't have been any controversy says Donal ah there would Donal and besides I'm glad they did it uh, this way because hey it filled hours of radio for us controversy we love controversy without it we don't have a job to do but I do take your point thank you and a lot of people just saying common sense will have prevailed in the rebranding of Parky Cueve, which will now be known as Super Value Parky Cueve. And one assumes that this will all be locked down and put in place before the first big game match of the season is in Super Value Parky Cueve. I very much doubt that they'll have it up and signs up for Saturday uh, for the Monster Match, which is sold out down there. I'm still laughing. I am definitely laughing at Kenneth Collins. And no, 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 this isn't just personal to Kenneth. I just found it funny because uh, it'd be typical of a lot of GAA supporters, you know, that they'd love to keep the, the actual name. Um, maybe there's another way, like, to raise the money. And as Kenneth said, we, we Wolf Tones are playing over in Moser in a much smaller stadium and he believes they might have sold out the park and Bruce Springsteen will set out the park and maybe could do more things like that. And I said, maybe more sold out rugby matches, Ken. And he nearly he nearly swallowed his tongue. <laughs> However. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six the number, the text or WhatsApp, oh eight three three ninety six ninety six ninety six and the email opinion at ninety six of M dot IE. Now scams. Yes, there is a new scam every day, every week, every month. Yesterday we're talking about funeral scams. For example, but Dave, it's not his real name, Dave approached us a number of weeks ago um, telling us about the fact that he had been scammed out of tens of thousands of euro. 
over a period of months. As I said, Dave is not his real name. Um, what you're about to hear is a slightly adjusted version of his voice also to protect his anonymity because, as you can imagine, he is um, he's rather ashamed at what has happened and embarrassed by it all. So I spoke to Dave and he told me uh, what had happened and the fact that he'd been, he has been scammed out of tens of thousands of euro. Yeah, hi PJ. Yeah, that's correct. Um, well over um, 70,000 euro. So in a blink of an eye, within two months, uh, I had been robbed or I'll, I'll rephrase that. They, they, these criminals had taught me how to rob myself. Um, that's how it went. I was out walking my dog and I got a message via WhatsApp and thought nothing of it. Um, maybe it was because I was exercising and I replied to it and we got talking. I was led to believe that it was a business woman from Hong Kong living in Ireland and uh, didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't do drugs. Um, into investing, which is what I found out later. Uh, but there was no mention of money initially, probably till about after maybe the first week. Um, by that time, I'd say I was probably, uh, I, I trusted them wholesale. Um, wholesale. Uh, it, it was scary. Uh, again, I'm, I, I don't, um, you know, I'm, I'm very clean living myself. You know, obviously I'm a family man, so, um, I, you know, the stars aligned for them. Uh, I will say I, I, I was very probably vulnerable at the time, not in my strongest state mentally, you know. I, I suppose my, my marriage had broken down and I wasn't communicating with many people. As a matter of fact, it's probably fair to say that this person who I thought was realistically the only person that I actually was talking to and I did trust at the time. Take it from the top. This message came into your WhatsApp. What did it say? How did it read? It was, uh, hi, I'm Lily. Um, that, that was her name. And I said, yeah, hi. She said, uh, I said, I don't know you. She said, sorry, I'm, uh, it was a mistaken, um, mistaken number. But hi anyway, she said. And I said, yeah, hi, how are you? And she said, yeah. Grand, it's nice to be nice, she said. And I said, yeah, it is, yeah, hello. And it just took off from there. And as I, again, no mention of anything. Uh, basically, the conversation rolled into Chinese culture, uh, of which she knew an awful lot about. She said she was divorced, uh, living in, um, going between Hong Kong, or China and Ireland. I had no reason not to believe it. Um, she said she worked from had nothing, grew up in Hong Kong and worked her way to being a, a, a successful businesswoman. And I, I, we were just chatting about China, Chinese culture for about the first week. Um, and we covered everything. Uh, I know, I know a little bit about China, not a whole lot, but you know, the conversation was eight o'clock in the morning till about 11 or 12 o'clock at night, full time. And did you think you had just accidentally stumbled upon a new friend or something? That's exactly what I thought. That's exactly what I thought. I never suspected, never suspected that somebody would be so dishonest to to take that amount of money off me. 
Um, I, 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 I never saw it. But again, I suppose I was kind of vulnerable, you know. Um, the stars aligned for them. It was, it was perfect. They, they, they hit me right at the right time. Right at the, uh, obviously, I went. I spoke to my GP about it, who get who. Gave very, me very good advice in it, and he said they brainwashed you, and they did. They, they, these people, PJ, are extraordinarily professional. Um, because I, up until that, I wouldn't have visualised myself as, be, as being easily caught. Um, it was the, the money was scammed through cryptocurrency, so I uh, they they taught me how to send the money via cryptocurrency. A few different paths. Let's get to that in a minute. You said it was a week or two before anything was mentioned with regard to money. How did money come into the conversation in the first place? So the first, uh, the first mention of money wasn't even money, it was investing. And I had said that I uh, had a crypto app that I had, it, which I did, and I did a tiny bit of investing. So I had that app on my phone. And she asked me about that, and I said, "Yeah." And then she said, "Do you do you invest?" And I said, "I did a little, but you know, it's not my thing, and um, not really interested in it." And then they they went down that line um, of saying, "Well, I, I invest, and I made an awful lot of money from investing." Um, she said she was a multimillionaire, and basically, through again another couple of days, I started investing. And it, it went from there. Uh, I started put money via this app into an app that they gave me, which was files. I didn't know that at the time. Um, hindsight's a wonderful thing. There was, there was probably telltale signs that I didn't spot at the time, which I should have, but I didn't. And um, off I went. And they were able to instruct me to the T of what to do, when to do, how to do, how much to do. And it was continuous. So like thousands of people out there, you dabbled a little bit in crypto. Like, I think there's hardly one of us around that doesn't have 50 quid thrown into crypto purely for the fun of it. And that's where they caught you. That's how they caught me. Simple as that's how they caught me. I, 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 I would have sold my house to this person. I, I trusted him so much in the end. As a matter of fact, they had me so bad, I was looking for more money to invest and they were encouraging me to look for more money, even I did not realise how much trouble I was in until the very end that I realised I was I was in, in, in trouble. What was the first time or when did an alarm bell sound for you? The first alarm bell didn't sound for me until the very, very end when I couldn't withdraw my money and I have a cousin an accountant in Limerick and his son is an accountant and his son had worked in um, Hong Kong before. So I travelled up to him uh, with the sneaking suspicion the penny was dropping. I, I, that was some that was some journey to Limerick, I can tell you, um, because the penny was dropping. And uh, my cousin just said to me, let, let my son confirm for you if this is false. And even then in the care, I was figuring tried to figure out how could I get more money to invest to release this money but the money was never going to come back to me I know that now So you had been putting money in you'd even borrowed money I think to put money in and you could see money building up that you thought was yours but you couldn't get it 
correct in the account in in that account I thought I had over two two hundred thousand euro that I was investing. It was a a stock market investing chain that I was they had me what I thought was buying stock buying cryptocurrency at each night. Uh, and they had me doing that every night for about for two months. Every night. Every night, yeah. And over over seventy thousand euro invested in the end gone. Gone. Um yeah, so I'm obviously still reeling from it. Um I I suppose I do need uh, a lot of help and training, you know. I made a huge mistake, probably the first my what I would consider my first huge mistake in life, but what a mistake. I did I honestly didn't see it coming. Of course you didn't. You're you're a victim here, my friend, and, and I think anyone with a heart will know you're a victim. So you you said the first the first red flag was when you couldn't get at the money. Did you lose contact then with this famous Lily, or what happened? Did, were you? Did they pull away from you? What happened? Um. So no. As soon as as soon as the family member confirmed that it was a scam, there was still communication after that. They actually were threatening me with legal action that I, I was breaching the contract and that they were gonna come after me legally, um, uh, unless I. Unless I honor, honored what I was uh, the investing scheme, uh, and I that says it's, look, I want my money back. I want out of this, but the money was never coming back. I would actually say if I messaged them now, they would still be online. They're still there. And um, I have the uh, I have the, the I kept the conversations on the phone because in my I honestly think there's a book in this somewhere, um, and I can see PJ the the, the like. Obviously, this has damaged me as a person. The reason why people don't come forward, I think for me, for two reasons, it's number one, extraordinarily embarrassing. And number two, you feel so stupid after being caught. Um, and I went, I went to the guards straight away. I had, had, I went to them and said, look, I, I re- they were very helpful to me um, and still are. But they're limited in what they can do as well. Because you willingly handed over money, and how did you transfer the money through through crypto? Was it correct? I transferred it in a number of installments. In fairness, the first people to cop that this was a scam was Revolut, and they stopped me transferring money into my cryptocurrency account because they they said this is a scam, and I didn't believe it. I did not believe it at the time. I was so wrapped up in this. I would have taken at least another two loans of the same amount. They encouraged me to take loans of €30,000. They knew that. I took two loans. And who were you borrowing the money from? One loan is Avant and the other one is Credit Union. Okay. And you were trying... This is important. Revolut operates crypto within its own services. But Revolut spotted, spotted something up and advised you not to buy any more. What did you do then? So I was only transferring money via Revolut into into the Crypto.com account. And uh, yeah, so I was transferring it in box of 5,000. So, was, so was to, to, that was the maximum I could transfer at the time. And they got on to me in fairness to them and said, you're being scammed here. Um, and I still, I, I still didn't see it. Because I was trying to, they, they wanted me to get the 
money into the cryptocurrency account so that I could transfer it into their account as quick as I could. If that makes sense. In total, you've lost over 70,000. The guards are investigating, I think. Yeah, so I went to the Braidwell and Cork and I told them and there was a young guard up there uh, and in fairness to her, she took the details, she asked me to call back. The next day, uh, I did with as much details as I could for them, but again, my I was very rattled now at this stage and she calculated to the penny how much I had been caught for and all the transfers and all the... Uh, she gave me the figure and I said that's that's exactly correct yeah. they transferred it into their fraud squad um, uh, who were dealing with it I think there's a branch of them in Middleton but look the guards came told me that this is new to them They're, uh, this is a new wave of crime it's a new way of people getting robbed it's, it's, it's not people breaking into the house anymore it's it's via WhatsApp and and all this kind, these kind of apps that people are getting caught um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm a prime, prime example of it but again, they did their best but they're, they're, they're not confident or you know, they did say to me that the relationship between the Europe and China is not great at the moment so the Chinese are not helpful in any way Have the guards managed to ascertain where the scammers are based? They think China, is it? Dating China, they have been on. They have been in contact with WhatsApp, uh, and they have been in contact with Crypto.com. They, they suspect China too, but again, um, encryption is so is so good now. It's 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 really impossible to say. But with my conversations with them, and my conversations started around the middle of July, and it, I it. it stopped in September so it was about just over two months the knowledge they had of China and particularly the Hong Kong area uh, was immense so they must have been Chinese there's no other way that uh, it it was anybody else because they were just too detailed Is it a silly question of mine to ask how you feel? No, no, not at all Um, this is Damaged me wholesale. No, I'm a strong person. Don't get me wrong. I carry on. I'll do my best. I don't exactly know how I'm going to pay those loans off. I'd be honest with you. I, you know, I hope to to negotiate and get get them, you know, spread out over time. I, 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 I have a family. It's a huge mistake I've made. I don't know the answers to that. There's still so many questions for me. Uh, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not in a good place, but I'm not in a bad place either I, I'm a fighter I carry on you know I suppose I've worked on my life PJ I've worked for everything I have and for this to happen to me um, it's just, it could happen to anyone anyone who thinks they could not be caught by a scam are the people who could be caught by a scam that's one of the most important things you've said since we began to talk and we've talked on this program Dave about scam after scam after scam and we've spoken to the experts and every single one of them has said what you've just said the day you think you cannot be caught is the day you'll be caught absolutely the day I went up to the guard station uh, to that young guard she told me I was the fourth person after being going into the station after being caught by a scam that day probably my my amount was was more 
But she said you're the four four person it, scammers now operate on WhatsApp. WhatsApp, incidentally, is really the only app that I use for contacting family, friends, and all that. Uh, I never suspected that I would be scammed over over WhatsApp. If I'm bla- if I if I do have a bit of anger to, to any anybody or anything, it is WhatsApp because it, they just make it so easy. Uh, and I don't understand how these scammers can't be caught at source from an organisation as big as them. But hands in the air, as I say, I'll say it again. It's extraordinarily embarrassing, and you feel extraordinarily stupid. But I stress. If you're sitting back and you're listening to this and you're laughing saying, ha this fella got caught, you are wide open to getting caught yourself. Or somebody in your family or in your could get caught. It's just, they are so clever. As again, morning, noon and night, they were in conversation with me and gained my trust. I was absolutely, totally and utterly brainwashed. As I said earlier on, you thought you'd randomly met a new friend it's that easy for it to happen. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, what happened to me was so natural. It was so... It was... It just flowed. It just flowed. And I've spoken to a lot of people about this. They're absolutely experts in their field in getting our money from us. Absolutely. They're so professional. I never spotted for a minute that I was being conned. They just kept me going, kept me going, and kept me going. Are you going to be okay? In time, I hope I will. Um, it's it's hard, no. Uh, but I, I think that will. I tell you what, I'm going to do. My plan is, I just got to work my way through it and do the best I can day to day. That's all I can do. And that's as much as anybody can do. I wish you well with this. The, the chances, like you said, of ever getting your money back are slim to none, uh, much less the chance of catching these characters. You've taken a brave step in reaching out to us because if you prevent somebody else from getting cleaned out, you'll have done a good day's work, Dave. I would not like anybody to go through. And if anybody thinks that they're being scammed or in doubt, do not drop what you're doing. Do not invest money. Talk to a friend. I was clever in what I did. There's a very good friend of mine who I knew would click it and I kept it away from him because I was so afraid of being found out. I get a sense before we finish. You were getting doubts and you pushed them to one side. Would I be right? I, I absolutely. If I, thought, if I thought in my heart of hearts that I was being out, I wouldn't have done it. But at the same time, I didn't want other people knowing my business, if that makes sense. I just wanted to keep it to myself and tell nobody about it, which is the wrong thing to do about any problem in life. I know that now, and it's after costing me a huge amount of money. Absolutely, I should have reached out and and, and spoke to somebody uh, sooner about it. My mother kills me over it. She said, you kept it yourself. I said, I know, you know. Um, it's, it's, it's a life lesson, but I... For- 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I really don't believe that I'm the only person who's going to be caught like this. I don't believe you are either. I don't believe it. You are a very courageous man for coming forward, and I thank you for doing so. And if you save one person a tenner, Dave... You'll have done a great job. Thank you. Thanks, PJ. Thank you very much. There you have it. Uh, that's Dave speaking to me uh, a little while back. It's not his real name, and uh, that's not his voice. We've played some studio magic with that just to protect his anonymity, because as you can imagine, he is mortified. But a very brave man to come forward and tell us that he was scammed out of €70,000 on a WhatsApp scam. He's brought it to the guards. The guards have said, yeah, you're not the first here. But they don't see any prospect of getting his money back. I'm not too sure it's going to happen for him. I don't too sure he's going to get his money back. But I want to talk to someone who sort of been there, done that, as in has spent so much time in the IT space himself that he might have advice for people like Dave. He might even know where people or where Dave might start. Uh, to, to recoup his losses if he can do that at all. I speak of Pat Phelan and I'll talk to him next. 0818-9696-96. 0818-9696-96. 0818-9696-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-96-
out of €70,000 through what began, as he saw it anyway, an innocent exchange of messages on WhatsApp. He doesn't have much hope of getting his money back. He borrowed from Avant Money and he borrowed from his credit union and he cleaned out what savings he had. He eventually indulged them in about €70,000. He thought there was nearly two hundred grand there for him to get back and he couldn't get it and that's when the alarms went off. Pat Phelan, of course, of uh, Sisu Clinic, but previously with the IT space, and Pat spent many years with Trust, founder of TrustDev, in fact, and indeed Cubic Telecom. And Pat, it's fair to say that in your time, you, you've caught a few gangsters and caught a few scammers and back-engineered a few things like this. You've been listening to Dave's story. Not uncommon, but he was he was caught rotten, wasn't he? Morning, Pat. Yeah, morning, PJ. Terrible. You know, it's, uh, you know, I think the core of it all is that identity is broken. So, you know, I can fake, you know, if you give me your mobile, I can ring someone using your mobile number and it will appear as you. Anything on WhatsApp is treated as anonymous, treated as dangerous. Anybody not in your contact list, treated as dangerous. You know, I know a well-known solicitor in Cork who was caught last year, so Dave isn't on his own. But I think, you know, if you were to read the New York Times yesterday, you'll see that the German prosecutor seized two billion in Bitcoin from two crypto scam artists. Mm. So, you know, this isn't a, a singular occurrence, but we've all got them, you know. There's a package waiting for you in the post office. Click here to pay your import duties. There's a perfect on post website. Uh, hey dad, my phone is broken. My friend lent me the phone. Can you can you send some money? Mm. And they're the kind of unsophisticated ones that we've all become aware of. Mm. You know, this seemed to be like a wrong be, number, and someone he just got into conversation. Exa- with. Exactly. You know, it's it's a wrong number. But hey, I've got this incredible opportunity. And you know, the problem with crypto and Bitcoin and. You know, there's probably a hundred of them now at the moment. There, I can bring the money around in a USB key and I can bring unlimited sums and it's liquid and I can move it instantly. It's not that, you know, someone has to open a bank account and I transfer money into the bank account and there's been identity used to confirm that account owner with the bank. This stuff is highly dangerous it's people that, you know, are open to scams. Like that message probably went out two to three hundred thousand times yeah. before Dave answered it. You you mentioned crypto. And if you just pick up it, I'd be a user of, of Revolut, as with tens of thousands of other people. And there are other platforms like it. But even Revolut now allows you to buy crypto and it manages it for you. And it tells you how it's going up and going down. And yeah, a fifty quid in it, like watching it going up and down, just for the sheer fun of it. But are you suggesting, Pat, that crypto is just dangerous? Full stop. Highly dangerous. Highly dangerous because you know, if I have a thousand euros in the Bank of Ireland in Bridge Street, it's there and it's asset backed. Crypto has no asset. It's a digital coin. There's nothing behind it, so it goes up, it goes down but for no reason whatsoever. And, you know, if you actually looked into the origination of Bitcoin, Bitcoin, 
the, the the whole circle of Bitcoin is controlled very tightly by very big users. So, you know, I, I, you can make it disappear. You can make it appear. Obviously, you know, and, and you know, it is desperate, heartbreaking to listen to Dave's story. But, you know, a speculative punt, that's what happened here. Yeah. You know, they, they, gamed, him, they gamed him into a speculative punt. He thought he was up 300%. I'm doing something great for my family. You know, we cleared the mortgage, whatever, I presume. And you get to a situation that, sure, I can show you a billion in your account tomorrow. Yeah. That's just a fellow who's handy at PDFs. I happen to know someone who last year um, had a couple of quid on crypto and just a couple of quid. And the thing went up. And they bought their holiday flights on Ryanair and then deleted their crypto account. Like, that can work, but you can also get nailed. Absolutely. But, but you know, it's, and I hate saying it, it's like, you know, you don't hear about the fella from the bookies about the races that he lost money on. You hear yes. about the ones that he won money yes. on. And it, it, is it just like that? Is it like sticking money on a horse, Pat? It is. It's completely blind. I met someone the other day that I hadn't seen for years and she asked me, hey, what do you think of crypto? What do you think of Bitcoin? I said, I think it's a scam. And I've been very clear online on that. Uh, And she said, why? I said, well, there's no asset there. There's nothing backing the asset. Mm. Your Your money in the bank is backed by an asset. It's backed by a government guarantee. Not all of it, but it's backed by a certain percentage. There's nothing backing this. And I was surprised, you know, this is just a normal person that I know. And she was telling me, oh, yeah, I have 70 grand, but it's down a good bit. Yeah. And you're thinking, okay, you know, I I, I walked away with a bit of a shiver, to be honest, as someone who has, you know, I presume not a lot of financial experience and probably not a lot of savings was willing to put go all in in this thing that she doesn't know much about. Yeah. And you say you could be bringing an entire currency around in a in a memory chip, in a thumb Yeah, drive. well, I, I, I was surprised to read that piece in the New York Times yesterday. Two German individuals, uh, scam artists, the German authorities seized $2 billion from two people. Wow. In crypto. Can Dave... Wave goodbye to his money, Pat, or is there anyone... Yeah. There I'm thing, sorry, I hate saying it. There are people out there called no, white hat no hackers record. who can help, you know? No, no, no recourse whatsoever. It's gotten right off. It's desperate, heartbreaking to say that. And I don't, you know, as a, you know, as someone that's, you know, done well and lost everything and done well and, you know... Mm. It, it's terrible, but that's gone. There is zero opportunity of getting that back. It's like me saying, me having two bank accounts and transferring all the money out of one bank account to the other and saying, what about the empty account? There's nothing there. It doesn't exist. It's bits and bytes. Yeah. You know, it's gone. And, you know, that's what you have to be really careful regarding if I get a message from someone, even a even a, a bank transfer, mm. I will actually ring. I will Google the office. I will ring the number on the website, and I will confirm with that individual that they are them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like a couple of months ago, one of our investors in Sisu, um, very famous uh, venture capitalist, world famous, sent me a message and it came from his email and I glanced at it and it said, hey, I'm looking at something in Portugal. We don't have any Portuguese bank account. Could you do a quick transfer and I'll transfer into your uh, US account right away. Mm. And I just messaged him straight away. Did you ask me to do something there? No, no, but I'm getting a lot of that lately. Wow. And, wow. and you know what happened? They had just changed uh, the email address from .com to .vc. I and I never noticed that. I know Ryanair, Ryanair were caught recently. You know, I, I think they call it, the, the, the particular scam on that is called the CFO scam. Mm. Where the financial, they concentrate on hitting the financial officers because they'll get a bigger sum. But, you know, it, it, it's in reality what, what happened to Dave was financial grooming. There's a new word on me, Pat Phelan. I haven't heard it before. Yeah, so, you know, here's here's a person who only wants to do good, only wants to do good by his family, and they just happened to hit him. They probably sent a hundred, like SMS in reality, WhatsApp costs nothing. They could be sending a million messages a day. And anyone who replies goes straight into that grooming process. And they could have a thousand people working there. Mm. That mightn't have even been a woman, you know, it's anything. And then it's like, okay, give a bit about yourself, follow the avenue, create a story, build an interest, build a personal relationship. Oh, PJ, you know what I'm doing really well at? Mm. They, they realised you know, and, and and like the interest. same thing as the property crash, you know. Yeah. People thought there was extraordinary returns and they got on too late. Yeah. You know, it's it's Ponzi. Yeah, yeah. He went and to it's, the. It's terrible, but he went trust to, no one, trust yeah. nothing. Trust no one. So it's inherent. You're you're the second person now with it with a strong IT background to say that to me in the last few months. The other being Ronan Murphy, who I'm sure you'll know well. Ronan always in. says the worst human emotion is trust. You'll be the same. Yeah, absolutely. If someone sends you a me- like, I got a message yesterday on WhatsApp. Hi, Dad. Uh, I've lost my phone. This is my new phone. Mm. And it was a bit of a panic. And, you know, these happen because if you look at WhatsApp and you have a WhatsApp account, the cost of sending 100 million messages is zero. And if 100 million, you know, if you can take a huge audience, your chance of hitting one to two to 10 to 20 Daves becomes exponentially better if you hit a big enough audience. Pat, he's listening. Um, reassure him that he's not an idiot, but that he's actually one of many. Just make him feel a bit better, I think. I, 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 he's definitely not an idiot because he's a family man who I can hear in reality, even though he didn't want to talk about his family, they wanted to do better by his family. That's what he wanted to achieve, you know? There's, like, Millions of people like this today, who this is happening to right now, who think, who who establish trust. There's trust on their side, and the other person's completely anonymous, so there's an imbalance there. And they're going into, they're they're transferring. This was the old scam 
Western Union, you know. Yeah. Send money via Western Union. Crypto, Bitcoin, etc., is 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 completely and one hundred percent untraceable. Yeah. And I, I listen. He must feel appalling, and I feel appalling for him, and I feel really upset for him, yeah. and I feel really. You know, I'll be thinking of him, but trust absolutely nothing on WhatsApp. Trust absolutely nothing on email. Confirm, confirm, confirm before you even send one cent. He has revealed to us uh, just in the last 24 hours, Pat, that he is still in contact with that Chinese number. Is there any way of establishing where they are? Listen, sign up for 48.ie today. Sign up for any prepaid plan and you instantly have a WhatsApp account, which are given out without ID. Right. So the answer is no. The answer is absolutely not. And all they're hanging on for, and, and I hope Dave is listening, all they're hanging on for, Dave, if you sent another 30k, the return would be even greater. That's what they're telling him. And that is absolutely not true. Ronan would tell him this. I would tell him this. He is communicating with a financial fraud. Okay. Okay. Pat, someone wants to know here, before I let you go, did you ever get the cyber truck in the end? Elon Musk's. It, it's on order. I've my thousand dollar deposit paid. <laughs> I'm probably six hundred thousand on the queue. But they began shipping. They began shipping. Excellent, excellent. So right. at some stage, uh, although Halley Below and Carey's probably wouldn't talk to me anymore because I'm a BMW man. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, listen. Thank you very much. And unfortunately, not no way of finding or tracking down Dave's money. It's gone. Dave, unfortunately, it is gone. Just don't waste any more. Pat Phelan is the, the gaffer at CISU, of course, at the moment, but previously Cubic Telecom and Trustif, and a man who knows his way around the IT space. Pat Phelan, thank you. 96 FM. We will podcast Dave and indeed uh, Pat Phelan uh, later on. But Pat's advice with regard to crypto, and look, it's all over the place now. And you can go through any one of your apps. You can, there's Binance, there's any number of different apps out there. Through Revolut, you can actually buy a little bit of crypto. I have, I have 50 quid. 50 quid's worth of crypto in Revolut and I watch it going up and down and up and down. I can afford to lose the 50 quid but on the three or four but I'd like as for investing hundreds no, not going to happen after listening to 
to Pat Phelan. <clears throat> he said, these scams are, Tim says, these scams are a digitised upgrade on the old pyramid schemes we had years ago. It's heartbreaking, says Rachel, hearing what happened to this man. Perhaps he can start a GoFundMe to help pay off his debts. Would love to contribute something to help, says Rachel. It's very, very kind of you. Lisa says this was another reason why GDPR is so important uh, to protect it. Our hospitals aren't doing it. Certainly online apps don't appear to do it either. I feel sick for that man. Vulnerable is an awful way to feel, says Lisa. Yes, uh, Lisa. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Dave was caught over two months for seventy thousand euro, and that number is still there. That number is still live. That number is still active for him to contact if he wants to. And Pat Phelan's advice is just delete it. Just delete it. Anybody can set this up. He was probably one of thousands that this Lily character was uh, supposedly communicating with. And he's probably one of hundreds who invested. So, uh, unfortunately, Pat said, look, no, your money's gone. You, you can unfortunately forget that. But it's a lesson to us all, I think. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Super Value Parky Cueve. It will go through, well, it will go before a meeting of county board delegates tomorrow night uh, to approve the naming of it as Super Value Parky Cueve. The idea of Super Value Park has been kicked to touch, which which is no harm at all. Uh, there's a lot of media activity down at Super Value Park Equive this morning. Uh, our man Finn McCarthy is down down there. He has been speaking to the great Tomas Mulcahy about this news. Uh, Tomas Mulcahy, ten-year deal. Are you happy with it? Look, I'm part of kind of the one core committee that have been here over the last number of years. Part of our brief was in terms of the commercialism of Parky Cueve, get get um, premium level seats sold, get commercial advertising advertising around the grounds. I think which has taken place as well. And naming rights was always part and parcel of this. The minute this stadium was built, naming rights was part of the business plan. And look, we're no different to any other stadiums around the country. And you take Simple Stadium or Gaelic Grounds, or you take Nolan Park, and you have uh, FBD Simple Stadium. You have two Gaelic Grounds. You have UP, UPMC Nolan Park. So it's it, it was only a matter of time that this was going to happen. What delights me is that I think. Um, both parties on either side listened in terms of what came about. Uh, Parky Cueve listened and Super Value listened and um, we all expected it to be announced at some stage that it would be Super Value Parky Cueve and I'm glad. And I'm glad for the, the Cueve family and stuff like that as well who came out very strong about it. I'm glad for a lot of GA folklore as well that were kind of concerned that we would lose the Parky Cueve name and I think it's, it's great that it's retained. And you got to look at the commercial side of it uh, and the boys sitting up in the hot seats above in Parky Cueve and, you know, the pressure's on with a 30 million debt and getting revenue in and the expenditure of teams. You know, I think last year they mentioned here, was it 2 million spend in terms of teams? It's about most the final day. It's about all our series day. We need success, yeah. right? And if that, if these funds can go and contribute to that, I think it's... it's it, we, oh, and we have All-Ireland titles down here and we continue on the success that we've had for so many, many years with Sam McGuire and Liam McCarthy. That's the important thing. That's Tomás Mulcahy giving his thoughts to Finbar McCarthy at Parky Cueve in the last hour or so. Or am I supposed to say now Super Value Parky Cueve? I don't know, but we'll say Parky Cueve for now. And yeah, I, I'm still Parky Cueve. It has to go before the delegates tomorrow night. Now we had got a statement earlier which I was holding back to give you as soon as I had an opportunity from Donald O'Keeve 
uh, grandson of Padraig O'Keeve. But uh, better than that, uh, Finney has been speaking with Donald in the last while. I am happy today that common sense has prevailed and that the Cork GAA and SuperValue have reached a compromise. SuperValue Park Equive. This compromise helps promote the financial stability of the Games as well as protect our heritage and values of the GAA. Inclusiveness, community spirit and sense of identity and place. Values that my grandfather, Portugal Cueve, embodied. The stadium was named after my grandfather in recognition of his contribution to the GAA and Irish society. This new agreed 10-year sponsorship deal with SuperValue safeguards that honour. It's vital to me that open and transparent debate took place on the issue of naming rights. The public discourse and debate that took place in the media and in houses across the country since the story broke in the Irish Examiner is evidence of a well-functioning democracy. And I'm grateful to everyone who contributed to this. Those are the words of Donald O'Keeve, grandson of uh, Padraig O'Keeve uh, this morning. Thanks uh, sent to us by Finbar McCarthy, our Gaelic Games correspondent, who is down there. There's a lot of media activity down there. Yes, it doesn't become Super Value Park O'Keeve until Friday. The meeting is tomorrow night, but there's every every likelihood, every confidence that the proposal will be voted on by delegates. Although, if you were listening earlier this morning, and again, we'll we will podcast it, but earlier this morning... Uh, St. Vincent's um, Kenneth Collins uh, who is the treasurer of St. Vincent's and of course a Sinn Féin councillor said that his instructions or the delegates instructions from St. Vincent's would be to vote against it so it might not be as smooth a passage as you think Super Value has 222 stores across the country and uh, it's located in Cork for the last 148 years a good car company, a huge car company that we don't hear about the size of Musgraves I think half often enough but they will be now the brand sponsors of Super Value Parky Cueve Join the conversation This is the Opinion Live With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses Over 45 years in business Thefurnituresentre.ie Cork's 96 FM The Two Grand Minute Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day On the Answer 10 questions in 60 seconds to claim 2,000 euros. 2,000 euros. The Two Grand Minute. With Cork Dental Care. You'll be all smiles when you see their treatments with Invisalign at corkdentalcare.ie. Lorraine and Ross in the morning. On Cork's 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Mind with PJ Coogan. Cork's 96 FM. Yeah, we won't officially be calling it a super value parky queeve until after the vote tomorrow night. It'll be Gareth will be dealing with that one on Friday. I won't be here Friday. I I can't imagine it not going through tomorrow night. But what if, Jesus, what if it didn't, lads? I think it will, though. I think most people now believe that it will. Uh, Richie says, common sense has prevailed. Super value, Parky Cueve. How bad 
How bad? But then Mary has a message. She says, the spend first, fund later model is what has the country in the mess it's in. Did we learn nothing in Cork from the airport fiasco and the event centre and the airport? I remember the airport when they proposed building that new terminal, that beautiful new terminal. They proposed building that terminal, I think it was around 60 million. It was due to come in at, and sure by the end of it, God knows what it was. Uh, the other one then was the event centre. Mary, I really don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. It'll be eight years next month since the first sod was turned on the event centre. Eight years. I, I, I'm almost certain I have the tape of it happening. I, pictures, anyway, of the first sod. Enda Kenny turned the first sod on the event centre. They put a little... You just have to distract me now, Mary. They put a little box out in front of the old Beamish and Crawford building and they put a bit of, bit of soil into it. And Enda Kenny went down there. And of course, it was two weeks or something to an election at the time. And Enda, Enda Kenny took a big shovel... And Simon Coveney standing next to him and someone else standing on the other side of him. And Ender took a big shovel and stuck it into the sods and clumped up a big cheer, big cheer for the first sod on the event centre. We still haven't had the second sod. And now, reading the paper the last couple of days, Owen English, in fairness to Owen, doing great work in the event centre over the years. He really is ahead of the game in terms of how much it's costing us an eye-watering amount of money. And we still don't know how much it's going to cost us. And we still don't even know if there'll be a second Todd sort sod turned. Thanks, Mary. Just triggering a memory there, girl. <laughs> 0818 96 96 96 the number text to whatsapp is 083 396 96 96 and the email opinion at 96fm.ie we will podcast Dave's most unfortunate story we've been scammed out of 70,000 euro over a period of two to three months after answering what he thought was a harmless whatsapp message and also Pat Phelan uh, who knows his way around these things unfortunately just saying to Dave look face it pal your money's gone there's no way of getting it back but don't be caught Pe- people don't be caught particularly don't be caught by crypto anyone that wants you investing using crypto run a mile is what Pat Phelan is saying Alexandra is on the line Alexander, you're saying there are scams everywhere you're currently looking for a job and there are employment scams all over the place morning good morning PJ how are you very well yes, indeed. there are employment scams as well and so yes as it happens I'm looking for a job at the moment and I think probably like my search engines and things like that because I'm looking for a job I started getting uh, ads on my social media, like on, on Facebook. I even get ads on LinkedIn and stuff. Yeah. And um, the latest one that I got, I took some screenshots of it as well because I intend to go and report it to the to the guards. I didn't think of doing it earlier. But basically, they are advertising uh, jobs. And some of them could be a little bit more, um, like, like there's red flags. Let's say they tell you that they'll give you 500 euros a day for doing nothing. So that's a red flag straight away. But they've become a little bit more refined, so they don't, um, let's say, advertise this um, kind of uh, unrealistic uh, sums of money or anything that looks kind of impossible. I'll give you an example. The job that I have applied for um, said nothing of money. It was for a a fashion retailer uh, that I knew the name of. 
Um, so I, I, I kind of felt a little bit more confident knowing the name of the retailer, knowing that it's a real thing. Um, and it basically just said um, that uh, we're looking for, we're expanding and we're looking for more people. And what attracted me to it, because I have small kids at home, it said that it had flexible hours. Yeah. And so I clicked on it. And the minute I clicked on it, um, it brought me to WhatsApp as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. It brought me to WhatsApp. And the person said to me, without asking for my CV or like uh, what job you're interested in or anything, um, just said, oh, we're glad to hear from you. And um, can you please install this um, this app so we can uh, have a meeting? And they were asking me to install Telegram. Uh-huh. And uh, I said, no, I do not have that app. And the fact that they didn't ask for my CV or any kind of any kind of preliminary anything, for me that was a red flag. So I'm I'm really cautious usually. Um, so I don't even click on uh, on ad baits like this usually. But look, this one looked looked good, you know. Yeah. But that's the thing, and Alexandra. The the best ones do look good, you know. They really do. That's it. So, um, look, the minute they said that they are looking for me to install stuff and they sent me a link to install things, mm. um, I said no thanks. And Telegram, <laughs> Telegram is a, a social media or messaging platform, rather, it's a messaging platform that thousands of people use. I'm on Telegram, I hardly ever use it, but, but, I'm, but I'm on it. But they were asking you to download it. Like, you can go to an app store and you can download Telegram. They, were sending, you, they were sending you a link that would suss me out straight away. Yeah. Yes, and the link didn't say didn't sound like um, it ha- it it didn't have the name Telegram. It didn't have it looked more like somebody's personal, yeah. uh, you know, like there's some like Molly whatever. Yeah. I think there was Molly and something something. So like you have to be careful when yeah. when you download anything to look at the names, look at the email addresses. Like, does it sound funny? Does it look like it's coming from the company? Does it have like a, a weird ending? Yes. Um, and also, um, just just to be careful. And they are becoming more and more and more refined. And just question everything. So if it's a job that you're looking for, for example, or anybody um, calling you or emailing you saying that it's from X company, instead of replying to that email, instead of replying to that message, go on to the company website. So go to, you do, you do it the other way around. Instead of replying to that message or email, you go on the company website. Yeah. And you contacted them, contact them from from there, you know. Yes, and said, "Are you sending out messages like that?" Yeah, that's that, that's what 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 Pat Feeling was saying, uh, dealing with an investor in one of his companies. He got a message yeah. purporting to come from the investor. He rang the investor and said, "No, that wasn't me at all." That's it. So you have to to do your due diligence, even with small things, because you can get caught with anything. Like for example, they wouldn't ask. They didn't ask me to send any money, but they sent me a link. They obviously were going to have access to anything I do on my phone, you know, like my banking apps, my everything. So it could have been bad, but luckily, you know, I I spotted it straight away. That's that's good good that you spotted it. There's a thing, and you're right about that. Like, it could have been what they asked you to download or to click on might have been harmless enough in itself. But they could have given you, it could have given them access. You probably have like, like thousands of other people. Alexander, you may well have your, your bank card stored on your phone. 
That kind I of do, stuff. I yeah. do, yes. Like Apple Pay and things like that. Yeah. My bank card, my Revolut app, my ID app, my everything app. Yeah. So like, you know, did yeah. have access to all of that. My personal information. Yeah. Like, uh, it's frightening, isn't it? Yeah, so... Just be careful. <laughs> I hope you get your job very, very soon. Thank you very much. That's Alexander. These kind of things are all over the place. Scams are absolutely rife. And yes, Dave was caught. And as Pat said, look, Dave was just trying to do better by himself and by his family. He's not a fool. He's just been caught. Uh, and, you know, if, if his being caught teaches one more person to be careful, then, then him coming to talk to us bravely, as he has done... Will will prevent others from getting caught like that. There's Alexander. Those job job ad scams are everywhere. The thing as well is that we've all talked about this. Our social media is listening to us. Our phones are listening to us. That the Alexa sitting in the corner of the kitchen. And hey, I have a house full of the things. But the Alexa sitting in the corner of the kitchen that is listening to you. Somebody was saying years ago to me that your your smart TV is listening to you. Your iPad is listening to you. And try this. Try this. Start talking about something that you'd never talk about. Just try it for the crack. A couple of months ago, actually, Deborah rang me here. We were chatting about this, about how your, your apps are listening to you. Was it Debbie? Yeah. She rang up and she said, she just try this for the crack now. And she walked around the front room talking about the need for a new toilet brush. She needed a new toilet brush. So she decided she'd walk around the front room and tell the mantelpiece, I need a new toilet brush. I really need... The toilet brush isn't enough. I really need a new toilet brush. Her phone was on the table. And the next time she opened her phone, there was an ad for a toilet brush. And we laughed about that. But that's how sinister it is. And that's possibly what might have been happening here with Alexandra. Because everybody knows she, uh, social media, her machines, her mobiles, her, her devices know she's looking for a job, these scams are sent her way. 0818 96 96 96. Premier League Live is back this weekend at Corks 96 FM on 96fm.ie with Trevor Welsh. Saturday for midday, powered by Talk Sport. Three games for you on Saturday. Everton v Spurs at 12.30. Newcastle against Luton Town, that's at 3. And Sheffield United against Aston Villa at half past five. Busy day for Trevor and the team and, of course, everything else as it comes in from around the grounds. The Premier League Live Online with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. You're listening Saturday on the Cork's 96FM app or go to 96FM.ie. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Live. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. TheFurnitureCentre.ie. Cork's 96FM. Hi there, Twine Tuberty here. Be part of my new adventure this Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Cork's 96FM. I'll have something for everyone with a mixture of conversation, laughter and great music. Talk to you this Sunday from 10am. The Ryan Tuberty Show on Sunday in association with High and I. For every kind of driver, there's a High and I. Find yours at highandi.ie. Cork's 96FM. The guards have been on the phone from McCroom. The N22 between McCroom and Lazarda has been closed for the foreseeable. Uh, there's a non-fatal accident involving multiple cars that has to be cleared. Cars won't be allowed through. We'll have to find their way alternatively through maybe Coachford or other directions like that. So that's between Lazarda 
and McCroom, the N22 there. I think that involves the start of the new road down to Kerry. There's a big roundabout there, if you've not been down there of late. There's a big roundabout there, and one road off that roundabout takes you off that brilliant new road all the way down to Kerry. Um, it's fantastic. There's no more Bellivorni, there's no more McCroom. It's, it's, it's fabulous for a driver. But I think that's involved in that closure now, that you won't be able to access that that roundabout and that new road. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. At least nobody's hurt anyway. Now we got this in in the last half hour or so. It looks a bit sus to me. Maybe someone else has got a letter like this. I've no idea who else to contact other than the Gardaí. So I'm hoping you can help. I received a letter today from Revenue, stating that an agent acting on my behalf now has access to all my revenue records to submit claims and tax returns on my behalf and to receive correspondence in relation to any claims submitted. This is completely untrue. I do not have any agent working on my behalf. I'm now worried that someone may have access to my revenue accounts. I rang the revenue immediately, but I keep getting an answering machine saying they're not taking calls and that all revenue should be done on revenue online. That's no good to me. I need to talk to a human being to report this. Any idea what I can do? Thanking you. Uh, the letter could be a scam. Uh, oh, here's another one. Yes, this is the letter. Um, I have it here in front of me now. Uh, Revenue has been advised by taxback.com that you have agreed to them to act as your agent advisor in respect of any claims, tax returns and refunds. So if that person did ask taxback.com to do some work for them, but she says she didn't. This person on the phone says that they don't. They haven't done it. Uh, for the purpose of general, general... Please note, make take up to three days for your tax record to be updated. No change. Yeah, if you are an ROS customer, you can make a change in ROS. We have got a copy of that letter now, and it claims that taxback.com are acting on behalf of this individual to make a tax claim for them. Taxback.com is a big and very respectful company, a very respectable company. Um, but this person contact, contacting us says they didn't ask anybody to deal with revenue for them. Okay? This is important. We'll have to dig more into this. Taxback.com are acting on behalf of a lot of people. You 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 pay them a fee and then they go into revenue and they work with revenue and they get your money back. And they take, obviously, a little slice out of it. But this person claims that nobody's acting on their behalf. Uh, the very important thing here is make sure any website that you visit is genuine or any number you ring is genuine, and don't take phone calls that you didn't dial yourself. Type in the revenue address in your browser, dial the number, don't click on any number in any text. This certainly does look a bit sus. I won't read out the person whose name is signed to it just in case they are indeed who they say they are, and their name is being used But if, and maybe the person who contacted us and sent us this could get back to us, did you ask taxback.com to delve into your taxes for you? Because if you did, that's what this letter is about. But if you didn't, then something's going on. 
Thank you for that. It's one we'll keep an eye to. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Galena, you have in front of me a copy of a letter that you received. You're down there in West Cork, Galena. This is a, a threatening letter. Um, somebody threatening to poison your dogs, Galena. Good morning. Good morning. We've got the letter on Friday after uh, we were out of the house. And actually, our daughter, my husband's daughter, found the letter. And uh, while we were walking the dogs, me and my husband, she came and she showed us the letter. And we went immediately to the guard and made the report. And we also uh, talked to our closest uh, neighbors and to even three houses from us. Nobody has a clue what's going on, and they all said they had no problem with our dog. The letter came in the post. It wasn't hand-delivered. It was brought by the postman. It was brought by a postman, yes, and it was with the post stamp and date and everything. So the guards can hopefully investigate that. They will uh, get back to us shortly, as they said. If I may, Galina, let me read some of the letter for for listeners. It says, if your dogs keep waking up my children after 10 p.m., your dogs will be given poisonous food. They have already ruined our lives enough. These dogs should have been put down a long time ago. My children are already traumatized at night. Now nothing can stop me. Now that's, that, those are, that's a frightening letter to receive and obviously it was unsigned. Tell me about your dogs. They're not out at night, are they? They are in the house. 24-7. The dogs are out in the garden just for their uh, toilet needs. Yeah. And they bark when there's too many birds in the garden. They bark at the postman because they see strangers coming to the house, not because they will eat him or bite him. And that's the time that they bark. Like every other dog, like my two like dogs, they, bar- dog. they bark at the postman, them. they bark at the birds, they do. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. We don't let them bark just and we sit and, oh, we don't care about the neighbors. No, we have our anti-bark collars to put them on the summer when they spend more time in the garden. They are not shock collars, I have to mention. They are just high-pitched sound collars. And... They can't be barking at night because they're sleeping on the couch or in front of the fire. Yes. We let them out for pee, poop, and back. We don't keep them in the garden. They're house dogs. And we walk them every day or twice a day. So our dogs are so spoiled that you cannot imagine. And by saying that, I don't want to sound like a crazy animal lover. We will always respect any warning or any complaint, which if somebody came to the door and said, my kids cannot sleep because of your dog, we will always prioritize the kids, of course. I meant to ask you that. Like, have you had any communication to your front door? Has anyone come and Never. Never? Never. And that is the case. It's not because uh, dogs bark, of course. If for us this is normal... But come and speak, come and stop, warn us once, twice, then go to guard, go the dog warden, or there are ways to deal with the situation. Mm-hmm. 
Are you keeping an extra eye on your dogs now because this letter threatens to poison them? Of course we do. First thing in the morning, we go and search the garden for any uh, frightening object. And then we let the dogs out. And we have four cameras in our uh, house now, like we are holding treasure. That's not the way of living. I understand someone can be annoyed, but you don't kill everything and everyone that annoys you. You don't threaten an animal just because they make a bit of noise. You at least go and have a civilized adult conversation first with that animal's <laughs> owner. We spoke to every neighbor around us. Uh, that in their conversation... No one has admitted writing this letter in your, no, in your immediate neighbours. I'm appealing to those people, if they hear me now, please, that's not the way. That's not the way. And Galina, you put this letter up on Facebook. We put the letter on the Facebook page not to look like victims or not to uh, get sympathy but just to make the person aware that action has been taken. And please, whoever you are, come and talk. You don't just kill. Or threaten to kill. Galena, I, I hope this works out. I hope that the guards find the, the letter writer, or maybe if the letter writer is listening... You might think again and go and knock on this lady's door and have an adult conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. Now I feel guilty every time that uh, any of the dogs uh, bark and we have uh, butterflies in the stomach that are we going to trigger uh, the person with the letter? I just think this is not the way. Please come to the door. We live in the same area and we will solve the issue. Galina, you have a good day. Uh, and thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Gillian. I, I sympathise. I have two, as you know, I have two Egypts. And when I go home, I'll be home now, probably around the two o'clock mark with the young fella. And when the two of us come in, so they'll tear it down for all of about 15 seconds. They're just saying hello, you know. And then when the missus arrives home from her work at six o'clock, so they'll tear it down again for another 15 seconds, you know. Shut up, your goal is about as much as it takes to shut them up, like. And then if you let Harry out in the back and say, Harry, where are the birds? And he'll go, but like, they've got to say, anyone kicking up over that kind of thing. Seriously, needs the head read. Right, back to that letter. So let us go back. Someone got, a, we have it in front of us, a letter sent to a listener that seems to come from Revenue that claims that they have been advised by taxback.com that taxback.com is reading, or sorry, is dealing with revenue on their behalf. And our correspondent isn't sure whether this is genuine or not. Uh, Louise, good morning. Hi, PJ, how are you? Good. Have you come across this letter? Um, we did um, a while ago, um, but what happens is, is that I know that they said they can't get a hold of revenue, but my husband used to be a self-contractor and we had to have a tax practitioner and if you go into your revenue account, it'll show you your details and then it'll show you anyone that's linked under it as a tax practitioner. So if they go in and have a look, if there is a tax, tax practitioner stated there, then I think obviously look into it. But if it's just your details, then it, it's, there is nothing 
that in, no one has been able to obviously get in and there's, that it's just a letter then obviously trying to get you to phone or email or whatever just to get your information. Yeah, yeah. That if you if you have engaged a tax practitioner, it will show up in your in yes. your in so, your revenue uh, yeah. records. Is it, that it, right? It will. Yeah, it will. It'll actually show you um, your details and your tax pr- tax pa- practitioner's details. Okay. Um, so yeah, if there's nothing there, because yeah, we're being getting caught. So I mean, I got caught by BOI, which was, and I'm very vigilant with um, all these scams. Sometimes I actually like to entertain myself and scam them back, but I, I, I got I got caught nicely with um, a phone call from an apparent BOI uh, representative that money had come out of my account, and they were phenomenal. I mean, they had the background music, the the BOI music, yeah. the push one, push this. Um, it was it was really really well done. So. <laughs> you've got to be so careful. You do, you do. Uh, Louise, thank you for that. Louise, we have a development now, actually. Thanks for that. So the person who sent this letter to us and uh, asked us to investigate it for them, this letter claims, it says, Dear Sir or Madam, revenue has been advised by taxback.com that you have agreed for them to act as your agent or advisor in respect to any claims tax returns and refunds. Now, we've spoken off-air to the person who sent us that letter and they have never heard of taxback.com. He has never applied for tax back from taxback.com. He's never even heard of them. And he also said the letter looks very, very suspicious and very, very official. Uh, Now, dear sir or madam... Yeah, here's a. This is just being flagged to us here, dear sir or madam, should be something of a red flag, because revenue would probably address you by name. I'm trying to think of the last time the taxman wrote to me, and that would be to send me details of what I was entitled to and old stuff like that. Did they put my name at the top? I think they probably did. That's a good point, actually, dear sir or madam. If not a red flag, might be a pink flag anyway. Half red light. So, the person who sent us this letter, the letter claiming to come from revenue, looking very official, claiming that they have, yeah, the person has never heard of taxback.com. So I think we may have discovered another scam going on in Cork at the moment. At a time when, and wasn't it last week we spoke with KPMG about the fact that the revenue says it has lots and lots of money belong to us uh, that we didn't claim for and that they'd like to give it back to us. Well, someone's getting in on that act now because taxback.com is a company, a very reputable one, that will do this work for you. But this man's never heard of them. So clearly someone's getting in on that act. And there is, by the look of it, and by what's in front of us, there seems to be a scam. Uh, call us. Kate says it's time people stopped shopping online as part of a resistance to the shift online because all your payment security is there and it's impossible to manage and you'll eventually get caught one day. Possibly, Kate. Yeah. 0818 96 96 96. Someone else says I, I got a correspondence from the tax office this morning 
and it opened with dear and used my name. So dear sir or madam would seem to be, seem to be problematic, even though the letter looks very official. Dear sir or madam should be something of a... Something of a smell. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. You couldn't be up to them. On Galena's situation with her two dogs, and she got a threatening letter from someone just sent in the post and said her two dogs would be poisoned. And Galena saying, "Look, the dogs live in the house. They go out, they bark at the postman, and they bark at the birds, and they're out." And she said, "Could someone not come to my door and have an adult conversation about my dogs if they are bothering you, and we'll see what we can do about it." And I was saying, look, my dogs, when I go home at lunchtime, one o'clock, or whatever time I get home, usually sometime before two, when I get home, my dogs will lose it for all of about 15 seconds. When the missus goes home and gets home at tea time, she, they, they will lose it for all of about 15 seconds. You know, it, they're, they're saying hello, the poor old devils, they haven't seen us all day. And they want to go for their walk, and they want their dinner, and they want to rub, and they want their belly tickled, and stuff like that, and to make a bit of noise. And if you send Harry out the back, and you know, want to be a devil, say, Harry, where's the birds? And he'll, for ten seconds, and then you say, shut up, you fool. That kind of thing, right? <laughs> Anne says, PJ, you can't have dogs barking day or night if you have neighbours. She should look after her dogs, or else rehome them. I would feel the same as her neighbours, and complain to the guards about it. Fair enough, fan, but maybe you would knock on her door and have an adult conversation. I would certainly hope you wouldn't send a threatening letter saying her dog would be poisoned. Thank you, Anne. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Join the conversation. This is the opinion line with the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool, for sofas, beds, kitchen, dining, and mattresses. Over forty five years in business. ThefurnitureCentre.ie. Quartz ninety six FM. Something else is worrying about that letter uh, sent to us this morning, purporting to come from Revenue and claiming that uh, our correspondence taxes are being handled by taxback.com even though they've never heard of taxback.com and they're a very legitimate business very legitimate company do good work for people but this particular individual has never heard of them we're going to contact them directly and see are they aware of this but what's also on the letter very very authentic looking letter is the person's PPS number uh, that's worrying where did they get that from where would a scammer Get that from. Uh, we're gonna. We're not. We're gonna let this. We're gonna do some legwork on this and see what exactly is going on. But we think we've stumbled across another scam uh, this morning, uh, thanks to the person who sent us in a copy of that letter. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. There was a survey published in the Business Post at the weekend about the VAT rate in restaurants, and sixty four percent of the people that they polled for that opinion poll says the government should have retained the 9% for restaurants and cafes. Of course, in recent months, so many people have said the VAT rate being back up at 13.5 is crucifying the restaurant and the cafe trade. And up to recently, we've been told the spin coming out of government is, well, you can't really do it for one and not do it for the other. In other words, Hotels are at 13.5, cafes are at 13.5, and you can't really separate the two. Actually, you probably can. In fact, I was reading reports of the Fine Gael Parliamentary Party meeting the other night, and these things are supposed to be confidential, but it's almost live-tweeted. 
And Leo was even saying at his parliamentary party meeting, I understand that actually there probably is a way to do it. We just need to look harder at at doing it. The Southern Star is carrying a special report this week about the crisis in West Cork hospitality. It says the government must realise that they have nothing left to give. This is according to several businesses in West Cork. It quotes Faye Bulger in Ballad de Hob. She runs a place called Bally Bia. She's reduced her opening hours to three days a week, blaming energy costs. Uh, Monks Lane in Timaleague is in trouble and says this year, or they say loads of people are in trouble. This year looks worrying. Nobody knows what it'll bring. It's very daunting. Gavin Moore, the owner there, says he's He'll do his level and best to get through it, but it looks bad. And Chris Heinhold joins me now from the West Cafe Wine Bar in in Bantry. It's a very good report in the Star, actually, Chris. It, people are struggling down there. Morning. Uh, good morning. How are you? Uh, yeah, it's tough. It's the. I mean, we've we've been in business ourselves for six years, um, between when we opened Tabletop in the city and moving down to Bantry to West. And this is the this is I think the toughest January we've faced. I mean that's that's taking COVID into account, so it's saying something, you know. Wow, wow. And what is it? Is it is it mostly energy, or what else has gone up? Energy is a massive factor, um, but energy has pushed everything else up. So because everyone's energy costs are so much higher, I think all of our suppliers are feeling that. Um, so all the supplier costs, and you know, all the supplier costs have gone up. Um, places closing means suppliers have fewer places to supply. So everything, it's a, it's death by a thousand cuts. There's just so many, so many factors. Mm. You're employing 19 full and part-time yeah. staff. And yeah. Now the wages, the, the minimum wage went up earlier this month. Is that causing a problem? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's another, it's another thing to add to the mix. Now I would very much be, I'm in favour of the minimum wage going up. I think the minimum wage should rise. But I think we could do it in a, a cleverer way. I think if, if government had talked to, I mean, I can only speak about the hospitality industry. I know the minimum wages across the board, but, you know, a raise like that in the summer, you know, a raise like that at a higher point of the year, as opposed to hitting us January 1st, mm. as we're facing into the quietest part of the year. Um, so while I think minimum wage absolutely should go up, I think we need to be a bit cleverer about how we introduce these these rises, you know, mm. um, and also people need to understand that for the minimum wage to go up, the price of things will go up. So if we're if we want the minimum wage to rise, which we do, then we need to understand that that's going to have an impact. Um, we can't absorb that, especially mm. not at the moment. We just don't have anything left in the tank. Like there's nothing. There's no there's no room in the margins. Yeah. Like we're we're as busy now, if not slightly busier than we were in January last year. Right, and we are just about like we're just about keeping the doors open. There's a pinch point, um, isn't there, Chris? Where mm. someone is sitting at a table in your premises and they're looking at a menu and they're going, "Nah, nah." Yeah, and like we have to be clever about how we how we structure our menus. We need to look at items that we can add more value to. You know, um, using different different ingredients, maybe being a bit more creative. Mm. Um, with with the things we use, um, but we also want to keep high quality. You know, yeah. um, we we get as much as we can from very good quality local suppliers. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's all a juggling act. There's the thing. I mean, if you become if you become well known and famous for the quality of what you're serving, you can't really start compromising that 
to save absolutely. money because people will notice. No. Yeah, absolutely they will. Yeah. And um, they'll feel that straight away, you know. In terms of tourism, and like you said, this is the worst time of the year, but looking towards the summer, I know I was in Killarney at the weekend and, and a lot of people are saying that Killarney's goosed because a load of places that would be occupied by tourists any time of the year are occupied by by Ukrainians and, and other such people. Um, is that a problem in West Cork? I think that's a problem everywhere, and I think it's an issue everywhere. And again, I think it's the same as um, thinking about when we introduce rises to the minimum wage. I think it's a, a thing the government could be looking at it. Like They need to come up with a more long-term strategy for these things. People need to be housed. And I can completely understand hotels looking at their business and saying, right, we we can get a guaranteed income or we can roll the dice and see what happens. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. know. Very little is guaranteed in this world. Stay there, Chris. No. Hannah Dare joins me from Organico Health Food Shop and Cafe, also in Bantry. And Hannah, you're quoted in the, the Southern Star piece, which, as I say, is an excellent piece of work, excellent piece of, of writing. You're saying, look, the minimum wage, you don't begrudge a decent wage to anybody, but it's adding to your problems. Good morning. Hi, good morning, PJ. It's getting yeah. tough. It's getting very tough, yeah. I mean, um, you know, my business has been open since 1992, so this is our 32, 32nd year in business. And a bit, I mean, like Chris was saying, we're busier than we were last January, and, you know, last year was busier than the previous year. Like, we're, you know, we have great support from our community. We have about 27 staff, and yet this is the most challenging year if i get if we have any profit this year i will be thrilled i mean literally if we have you know five thousand euros profit at the end of the year i'll be thrilled and that's quite depressing after 32 years in business and you know personally it's 21 years i've been running the business wow where, where is the money going that would normally be put into the bank for profit do you know what i've got i've, I've made lists but listen, I could be here all day literally talking about where it's going. I mean, for me, I suppose it's different for every business. Um, for us, um, our biggest cost is wages. So we have a very labor-intensive business. And um, we don't pay the minimum wage. You know, we pay over the minimum wage. And historically, we paid a couple of euros over the minimum wage. Yeah. I mean, now it's come down to kind of 20 cents or 50 cents or, you know, it's, it's, it's getting pure, very... Pure token-like, yeah. It's a token, but it's important to us to not pay the minimum wage. So every time the minimum wage goes up, it knocks up all our wages. So to give you an example for this year, the the 12% increase, um, it means about an extra 70,000 to my wages bill. And that's about, yeah, it's huge for us. And it's about double our profit for the last two years, you know, each year for the last two years. Or, or, I mean, I'm not sure yet because we haven't done our accounts for last year, but it's looking like, yeah, that's, that's about... a colossal th- amount of money. And in order to pay out that extra 70000 you've got to make nearly double that. Oh, treble or, or quadruple. Our Holy margins are moly. not high. Holy yeah, our margins moly. are really small. Wow, yeah. wow. Yeah. Put this to you both, and as I said, this came out of, I think it was a, a Fianna Fáil parliamentary party meeting in the last 24, 48 hours, where Leo Varadkar seems to be saying now, look, maybe we could separate the cafe and restaurant trade from the hotel trade and maybe we could bring back lower VAT rate. Um, to, to you both, Chris, you first, how important is it that that's looked at? 
I mean, it's it's really important. They need to be looking at everything, but I think it's ridiculous to say that we can't separate out the the VAT rates. I mean, I have different VAT rates on my till for different products. You sell a takeaway sandwich, it's going to be a different VAT rate to a dine-in sandwich. You know? Um, That's, so. I, and people forget that. Like Here they are telling us, oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. It's already happening on the ground in the various premises. Yeah, we do it ourselves constantly. So I don't understand the argument that they can't do it. More or less when everything is computerized. And Hannah yourself, it, 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 like, how much would that going back, the VAT going back to 9%, how, how much would that help you? I mean, every single thing is a help, you know, and, and just as every cost is, is, a, is a problem. Um, and I suppose, you know, VAT increases, um, you know, wage increases, sick pay costs, PRSI, those are all examples of costs that we incur that we have no control over as small business. And the majority of our, the, the majority of the problems that we're, we're facing as small businesses um, cost-wise are actually generated by our government. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy to me that on the one hand, the government is desperately trying to support and encourage people to open small businesses. And on the other hand, they're loading us with all of these challenges yeah. that are driving us out of business. Can I ask you it lastly both as well? Sorry, Hannah. Can I ask you both lastly as well about the warehoused debts that come into effect from the 1st of May? Michael McGrath, the finance minister, has been making noises, grunting a bit, that we might be able to do something. What, knows, what needs to be done? Hannah, you first. I mean, I, I think for businesses affected, like luckily we're not affected by this, but I think for businesses affected by warehouse debt, I mean, there needs to be a bit like if, you, if you've got a mortgage repayment problem, there needs to be um, a, a conversation had because it seems crazy to me that, you know, in, in, instead of getting a, a pay, you know, instead of having some kind of a conversation and, and coming to an agreement with a business, a business would go out of business and then the government surely gets nothing. And that's, and that's the warning that's coming from around the place. Hannah, leave you there. Thank you very much. Hannah Dare from Organico Health Food Shop and Cafe in Bantry. Lastly, Chris, warehouse debt, does, does it affect you? Um, I took my debt out of warehousing last year. Um, I put it into a, a different like PPA one. It's called a phased payment agreement. It's um, it's interesting because I, I agree it needs to be a conversation. There needs to be a sustainable collection. Like we had an issue there recently where I got one letter from revenue saying you're behind and the next letter was from the sheriff. And then I had to pay the sheriff 500 euros, oh, which could have gone to revenue. That's ridiculous. You know? That's so ridiculous. That, that's really put, be, that's putting people when I'm engaged in and you know, I'm, we're engaged and we're paying the phase payment agreement. We're paying what we can when we can. But rather than there being a phone call or proper, I think, engagement, the next letter is from the sheriff, you know. Yes. So and I'm good. I'm lucky. I've got a really good support network. I've got I work with a good accountant. My staff and my partner are all great. But I know there's people who will get letters like that and that could just push them over the edge, you know. Oh God. All right. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you, Chris Heinhold from the West Cafe at Wine Bar. Letters from the sheriff, even though even though he's in a payment plan. No sense there. Some people coming back to us again on Galena's dogs. And uh, we got a, a message referring to cats, which I'll deal with uh, tomorrow because I think we are completely out of time. It's been a busy one. Program edited by Imro Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. All of your podcasts up shortly.
and we'll speak to you tomorrow just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Furniture Centre, Watercourse Road, Blackpool. For sofas, beds, kitchen, dining and mattresses. Over 45 years in business. Thefurnituresentre.ie Corks 96 FM Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.